Hi, I'm Debbie Montgomery Johnson, founder of the nonprofit The Woman Behind the Smile, and your host of Stand Up and Speak Up, a show that is about each and every one of us. Many of us have something, something we're hiding, something we're ashamed of, something that through no fault of our own or through our own making, we keep hidden, and that in turn keeps us hidden from each other and the world. Good people go through terrible situations. Wise people know when and how to let it go. Everything that happens to us helps us grow, and while it may be hard to see it right away, the most important thing to do is to change your perception about your circumstances. Regardless of what personal experiences or traumas have your personal experiences or traumas have been, this showcase series is designed to ignite the light in you, as well as providing safe harbor, education, personal growth, and resources so that no matter where you are on your journey, you'll have the courage to move on when you're ready. Stand Up and Speak Up features ordinary people who've been through extraordinary situations and struggles and found the courage to step out from behind their smiles and speak up about their experiences and the lessons gleaned from those experiences. Everybody heals at a different pace, and we recognize that. So come on in, have a listen, and enjoy the ride at your own speed. I'd like to welcome my special guest today. It is Michael K. Jackson, and he's coming to us from the Maryland area. Welcome, Michael. How are you today? Good morning, Debbie. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm really delighted you're here, and I'm, I'm glad that the Internet uh, is not, not uh, hindered at all by the weather because I know they're having some crazy weather up, up north, those nor'easterns, which we just delight in watching on the news. <laughs> <laughs> from afar, right? From, from afar. afar. Enjoy from afar. <laughs> yeah, I'm about as far away as I can from that snow. Um, I grew up in Vermont, so I totally understand what you're going through. But um, anyway, thank you so much for being here. And, you know, it's really interesting. I'm looking back at the things that you're, you've done, and we're going to jump right into it because your topic today is it's being stronger after adversity or during adversity, really. And you've had significant challenges in your personal life and professional life, as have we. But the thing that I'm going to start off with today, because this is really close to my heart right now, is fathers. And my dad just went into uh, neuro the neurological ICU on, I don't even know what day it is, today's Thursday. He went in on Tuesday. And I was actually there when we called 911, and I'm not one to rush to get somebody into the hospital. Um, but I also recognize that there was something, my dad is 91 and he's very engaging and very funny. And I've always said, especially the last few months, that if dad loses his sense of humor, then something's wrong. And he was sitting there and he just lost his sense of humor and he was looking at me, but looking through me. And I'm thinking, okay, Deb, pull this together. What do you have to do to fix this situation? And I ended up calling a friend whose son was a, a paramedic. He came over and he did the stroke thing because we're looking, well, is this a stroke? But it didn't appear to be the regular stroke. And Drew looked at dad. He goes, okay, doc, smile. And what did my dad do? He gives him the goofiest toothy smile. And we're like, okay. He's still got something in there, but it's not all clicking. But it wasn't yeah. the stroke. And, you know, I started thinking about our conversation today and dad's. And we're going to jump right into your story with your dad, because I could tell that you guys were really close. And can you just kind of tell us, I want you to go back to 
that call that you got in 2017. We're going to jump right into this and then go back and forth to other things, but kind of tell me your relationship with your dad and what happened. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, as, as many of you know, uh, uh, 2017 was a, a, you know, a, a rough year uh, for hurricanes. And uh, I know, Debbie, you, you're all too familiar with, with hurricanes since you're mm-hmm. right down there in Florida. I, and I got a call from uh, a childhood friend of mine. So I grew up in, in, in St. Thomas, U.S. Virgin Islands. And um, at the time of the hurricanes, my, my dad was still living on the island. And um, the first hurricane that hit was, was Hurricane Irma that uh, essentially came in and, and, you know, all but, you know, destroyed all the infrastructure on, on the island. Not all, but a lot of it. It, it severely damaged the island. And then, and this was September 6th of 2017, and then exactly two weeks later on September 20th, you know, in, in comes the uh, infamous Hurricane Maria that just swept through the island. And, and I remember reading a headline uh, that said, you know, what, what uh, Irma didn't destroy, Maria drowned. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I remember during that, during the time um, between the two hurricanes, lost complete, you know, completely lost contact with my dad. And, you know, I was so worried about, you know, uh, getting that kind of phone call. Um, but I, I got, I actually got a phone call from him um, about three days prior to Hurricane Maria uh, hitting. And I missed the phone call. I played back the voice message and his voice sounded, uh, you know, r- really just, just worn out. And uh, he said, Mike, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm all right, but I'm, I'm back to the booze, but I'm all right. So we were all there during that time. We were trying desperately to get him off the island, but because, you know, the airport was closed uh, and all neighboring airports on, you know, on, on other islands, for example, Puerto Rico and um, the British Virgin Islands, you know, airports were, were, were down. Tried to get him off. Uh, and we're, we're in the midst of trying to get him off the island when in comes another phone call the morning that Maria hit from a childhood friend of mine that I grew up with who lives here in the States now, uh, telling me that essentially I, I, I lost my dad. And, um, you know, it, it was one of those phone calls that began with, you know, are you sitting down? And I'm like, well, no, but what's going on? His voice was you know, was, was stuttering and stammering. He finally let me know that um, my dad had passed in the midst of Hurricane Maria right in front of our house. So, you know, just not to go into too much detail, but it was a lot of floodwaters that came with Maria, like I said. And um, we lost him. And, and that was, needless to say, a huge blow uh, to, to me personally uh, and to my entire family. Well, yeah, I'm sitting here and I, I'm having this emotional recall because I got a call like that and I call it the call when I speak about it and it was the call that uh, my son sent, um, my son left a message on my phone in 2010 and, and essentially it said, Mom, Dad just died. I'm coming home to take care of everything. So I, I understand where you were at that point and what did you do it? What did you do then when you heard that? Because I mean, I went into an, I call it 
animated suspension. You know, you just kind of go into autopilot. But how did you how did you react after that? What did you do? Because your dad's down yeah. in an island and you can't get there. Can't can't get there. So you know, and immediately after hearing that news, like within within seconds, I, you know, I I did go into a little little bit of shock, and I I remember. You know, you always, you know, during trauma, you always remember that moment, right? And and I remember I was at a, I was at a gas station with my wife, and it was it was it was like a, a almost like a, a movie, Debbie, because it was you know <laughs> a, a bright shiny fall sunny fall day. The birds were chirping. My wife and I were uh, happy because um, my then six year old um, uh, had always wanted us to come to chapel uh, with her. She had chapel at her school on, on it was a Wednesday, on, in, in the middle of the day on Wednesday, and we could never get there. But that day we made it, we made it, uh, you know, our, <laughs> I, we, we, we made it there. And mm-hmm. we had just come from seeing her in chapel, and, you know, it was just joyous. And, and Debbie, I was uh, preparing uh, to leave the very next morning uh, to go on a mission trip to the UK, actually, and mm-hmm. I was excited about that because you know, if you know anything, you know that you know uh, Britain sent out so many uh, missionaries for the past hundred years, and now they need missionaries to come in and actually, uh, you know, bring the gospel. But that's a whole mm-hmm. other subject. So mm-hmm. I was excited about that, and in that moment of excitement um, is when that phone call came in and, and, and completely, completely interrupted, um, you know, all that excitement. And you know, in the in the seconds you know uh, thereafter, uh, like I said, I was at a gas station. I had to I had to grab grab the you know the the, the gas station the gas thing, if you will, that I was pouring gas from to to kind of stabilize myself. And I looked over at my wife and I, you know and I had to actually hand her the phone. Um, we put the phone on speaker, and then you know my my friend was struggling to explain what was going on or what 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 happened. Uh, he passed me into his 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 brother, who was actually on the island, um, and you know would would take food and and stuff and and help my dad and other neighbors out um, uh, in the neighborhood, and you know in the in the moment. So those were the moments immediately after. It was kind of a you know a, a shock, and then I had to I had to call my siblings because I'm the eldest of three uh, of three children. Um, you know, I have a, br- a younger brother and a younger sister. Called my sister, uh, broke the news to her. She was, you know, uh, blown away. And then, you know, we were trying to decide whether or not we should tell our brother. Our, our brother had just gone to uh, to Paris uh, with his girlfriend for to celebrate his birthday. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you know, do we, you know, do we do we call Maurice and and, and tell him? And and uh, you know, God must have whispered in his ear because he actually ended up, you know, calling my sister Michelle out of the, out of the blue later that day and uh we had to we had to break the news uh to him so those are the moments you know like e- immediately after and then you know we can talk debbie about you know kind of actions that I, I i took after that um you know to to really um in an effort to to, to honor him and uh, help my island rebuild and, and honor as i say honor my god as well well, I, and I, I listened to that on one of your YouTube things um, because you kind of went into fix-it mode, and that's what I did. You know, you have to take care of everything and yep. kind of put your own grief away for a while because there are too many other people that are relying on you. Yeah, and, and that's that's how I was raised, Debbie, as the, you know, as the, as the eldest son of three. 
uh, you know, my parents always raised me to, you know, to, to, you know, to be the leader and to take care of my siblings. Uh, so I went into kind of like you said, you know, you know, take care mode, and then I had to be strong. I had to, I felt I had to be strong uh, for for my wife and my kids and my family as well. So I, I did kind of spring into you know uh, that mindset. How old was your dad? My dad at the time was, was 66 years old. Oh wow, he's yeah. very young. Very relatively very young and. You know, it was it was a situation where he was um, getting ready to retire as well, and you know, part of part of the story is, um, you know, and and it's it, you, it's good when you're able to look back in the rearview mirror of things and really understand, um, you know, understand how things happen. And I'm you know I'm I'm approach I approach life from a you know from a faith based a biblical point of view and. You know, in that during the, just before the hurricanes hit, you know, we the story that you were telling uh, at the at the beginning about your dad, uh, you know, also resonated with me because it was just before, literally weeks before the hurricanes hit, um, we had to we had to make as a family make that tough decision to bring my mother up to the states because she. Uh, a couple of years prior, was diagnosed with uh, early onset Alzheimer's, mm. and over that period of time, we just witnessed uh, uh, we witnessed her, you know, her slowly decline, and she declined to a point where she'd come up to Maryland uh, to be with us for for a time, went back to St. Thomas, and we had gotten a caregiver, uh, you know, to help my dad out, uh, but she had come to the point where uh, it was too much to handle for my dad and, and, and even for the caregiver. So we had to make that tough decision to uh, place her in a – it's not, it's, it's not uh, technically not a, a nursing home. It's a, a special facility specifically for Alzheimer's dementia mm-hmm. patients. And um, we brought her up. My my dad, uh, you know, this was that August. And my dad came up and, and brought her up, and and he was making preparations to actually, um, you know, uh, retire because he was still she had retired, but he was still working to retire and actually uh, join her. Uh, but that never happened. Now the upside is looking, being able to look back in the rear view, you know, always saying, "Now what if?" she had been on the island when those hurricanes hit. Mm-hmm. She could have suffered the same fate too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, it, 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 I always say there, there are um, uh, there, the blessings and, and opportunities that are, are deeply embedded uh, within every adversity we face. Absolutely. And, uh, and that is so true. And, uh, you said something in, in your show that said that um, I was thinking about this morning, and it call, it's called live in expectancy, yeah. live in expectancy. And as you and I were talking, I'm expecting to move my mom and dad into their new home today, and it was raining this morning. Okay. And I heard that live in expectancy, and I think, okay, Deb, expect the sun to come out. <laughs> Because you're going to make that move today. And I'm sitting here in my office, and the sun is beautiful, and the sky is blue. And I was like, well, thank you, Lord. You know, because everything's temporary. And I love that, too. You said the circumstances are always temporary. Always temporary. 
how do we get through that thinking that we're stuck in this mode though that it's not temporary that you know my life is awful because this is happening to me and you basically the poor poor pity me and that's it's kind of making light of it because it, you know some of the circumstances are very depression and, and you can get stuck in that and it's debilitating um, I, I have the mindset I think like you do that okay this is just a short period of time get up make something positive out of it not everybody can do that so how do you tell folks or encourage folks to move out of that bad space and move on to something more positive absolutely so you know <laughs> What, what I, how I, you know, uh, help uh, and, and enable, you know, folks to, to do that is, is by using, you know, what I call my, my plan resilience building blueprint. And let me back up for a second and, and, and talk about, you know, the, some of the action. I talked about the, you know, how I felt and, and you know, the, the kind of actions I took immediately after hearing the news. But there were steps I took too. I, I kind of jumped in, as we said, and said, well, you know, I want to be able to, 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 to do something. I want to be able to do something. And for a long time, I, I couldn't figure out, uh, you know, how I can help or, 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 or what I could do uh, to, to, you know, to, to honor my dad. So long story short, I, I approached my, my church, who was doing, uh, which was doing a, a, um, a hurricane relief effort, uh, for Puerto Rico, which had gotten hit hard as well. And I said, well, hey, you know, the U.S. Virgin Islands, my hometown, also got hit, and we actually got hit twice by two different Category 5s. You know, uh, can we do something to help? And, I, you know, I kind of raised my hand and, and volunteered uh, to lead a hurricane relief effort, uh, which eventually saw uh, scores, of, volu scores of, of volunteers uh, go down in small teams, throughout 2018 and even into uh, last year, 2019, uh, on, a, on an almost monthly basis to uh, help rebuild the island and help people rebuild their lives. And that was my way of, you know, uh, helping my island rebuild, of honoring, you know, my earthly father and honoring my heavenly father as well. Well, through that, through that um, uh, helping process, if you will, um, you know, I started thinking back on, I started contemplating not only uh, that loss, but the uh, quote-unquote loss of my mom as well, at least, uh, you know, who she used to be. And then I started reflecting back throughout my adult life in, uh, in terms of all the adversities uh, that uh, and stressors that I uh, had been enabled to uh, overcome, uh, stuff like, you know, the loss of my baby girl Maya uh, a few years a few years prior, um, when my wife uh, was on bed rest and you know she came uh, too early and uh, you know we lost her at 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 uh, week at week twenty. At week 21 uh, mm. of, of, of pregnancy, and you know, we were blessed to uh, have her uh, be born alive. And you know, a few short hours after, uh, we lost her. And then prior to that, some major losses. Some pri so prior to that, uh, you know, I experienced 
uh, <laughs> what 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 I term as my as my job season in my life, where I had went through a period where I experienced two corporate layoffs. I was uh, blessed to start a business and then uh, lost the business, lost pretty much everything. I was married at the time, uh, went through a divorce, uh, you know, lost my house, and life was just flattened for me. And uh, I thought back on all of those things that I had, uh, I had been through and how I was able to, to overcome those things. And I noticed that, you know, there was, there was always a, a, a way, some, some strategies that I always put into place that helped me overcome those, um, those, those adversities. And not only that, not only the external things that, that, that uh, you know, that come to, 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 to weaken us and, and break us potentially, but also these internal things that, you know, that I would deal with, and I know many, many of your listeners deal with as well as, you know, stuff like, uh, you know, negative self-talk, you know, anxiety, worry, that sort of thing. And how do I, you know, I, I reflected back during this whole helping process and helping to rebuild, um, I thought about how I, you know, how I overcame, how I was able to overcome all of that, right? And, you know, I developed what I call this plan resilience building blueprint, and it's basically a four-step process that allows you to, uh, and I see my mission in, in, in life at this point as a result, uh, you know, of losing my dad is to inspire, empower, and equip purpose-driven leaders around the world to bounce back from setbacks and build back stronger. Mm-hmm. Well, where I get that build back stronger piece is, you know, after the hurricanes, there was, you know, um, a, a, a popular slogan uh, that said, you know, uh, build back stronger. It really talked about building back, um, uh, strengthening, you know, physical infrastructure to withstand, uh, you know, Category 5 hurricanes in, in the future. And I said, well, you know, I want to help people build, build back stronger from their emotional hurricanes, if you will. Uh, so plan, uh, thus plan was, was, was birth. And, you know, that plan acronym is basically the four-step process that uh, I use to overcome adver- stress and adversity. And step number one is, is P for practice prayer and meditation. That's foundational. Um, research, re, uh, tons of research uh, shows that, you know, there are numerous benefits to prayer and meditation, uh, in, including, you know, lowering your stress level, strengthening your uh, immune system, and lowering your blood pressure as well. Uh, then step number two is lean in and listen. And I say lean in and listen for the lesson. And that's kind of uh, a, a, a two-part step in that we have to, oftentimes, adversity comes to, you know, put us back in our heels and, and even lay us out, Debbie, but we have to actually lean into that adversity. And, and part of that leaning in is, you know, how you – and a part of that leaning in is what we just talked about in terms of, of uh, living in expectancy, right? And then the other piece of that is uh, listen for the lesson. So like I said earlier, too, there's always, you know, a, a lesson that's, that's buried in the adversity, right? Um, almost like a seed buried in the ground. Uh, mm-hmm. there's, 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 it's, it's buried in there. You, we just have to listen to it. 
So I say, listen, you know, and, and you know, we can uh, listen to uh, our own heart. Listen to, you know, uh, if if you if you're coming from the perspective I'm coming from, you can uh, listen to the voice of God. You can listen to those people in your life in your corner that have your back and your best interests at heart. Uh, so that's L, right? That's step two. Step number three is A for act accordingly. And I say that, you know, faith without works is dead. So oftentimes, you know, especially people of faith, we say, okay, you know, we're going to just, you know, uh, uh, wait for God, wait for God. And, uh, you know, that's well and good. Uh, however, I know my Bible says, too, that faith without works is dead. So at, at a certain point, um, we, have to, we have to act. And I say act accordingly. So act according to uh, what, you, what you heard when you actually leaned in and, and listened, right? And, mm-hmm. and the way I acted, you know, as I, as I touched on earlier, uh, it, after the loss of my dad was, you know, to, to, to jump and, and do that hurricane uh, relief effort. Uh, you know, sometimes, um, you know, our actions, our acts don't have to be, you know, that, that big, for example. Oftentimes, um, and sometimes in situations, all we can do is just uh, stand, hold on, and keep pressing, right? Stand, hold on, and keep pressing. I always say, make adversity your advisor, not your adversary. Dang uh, and that means... <laughs> that means embracing that adversity, uh, which which goes back to that um, that you know the, the the other steps of uh, leaning in and 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 listening, uh, and and just hold firm, right? And then lastly, step four, Debbie, is and for notate your mind state, and that really goes to the importance of journaling, and you know uh, studies show that journaling has many of the same benefits that uh, prayer and meditation does in terms of reducing your stress levels. And journaling is something that, you know, oftentimes, particularly us, uh, we males, Debbie, you know, I've heard guys, you know, I'm not into journaling, that's for, you know, that's for females or whatever. (laughs) Um, No, journaling is is crucially important because what what it allows is it allows for us to uh, be reflective. It's a cathartic process when you're actually, uh, you know, writing your emotions down. Uh, it has benefits in terms of allowing you to look back on when you read back your your old journal entries. Uh, you can see how okay, I've been through stuff before. It might be it might have been different, but I survived. You know, I might have even thrived. Right. And without that context of, of being able to look back on your, on your own uh, words um, or with that context of being able to look back on your own words, that really uh, strengthens you in the present moment to know that, well, if I got through that, then I can get through this, right? And then it also allows you to look forward, look ahead in the future and say, you know, I'm hopeful because what did we say earlier, Debbie? We can live in expectancy, uh, knowing that uh, we're going to be all right. You know, we're going to be right. all right. So, that, so that's, that's the four-step plan that, that I developed. Well, I really like it, and I feel like I've lived the plan all along. And uh, <laughs> here's another word, for, uh, another word for P. You know, I love to practice prayer and meditation. I don't always – I always pray. Meditate. I'm mm-hmm. not such a good at, you know, sitting down and quieting down, but what I try to do is take a pause. So there's another 
P word for you. And that Absolutely. actually came that came one day when I was so stressed out and I was laying in bed and my cat came up to me and got on my chest and he started doing what they call kneading where his paws were going up and down and up and down and he was doing it right over my heart. And I started to think, you know, outside of myself, I'm like, wow, that's, he knew I needed to have his paws pushing down on me to say, Deb, you know, breathe and take a pause, a P-A-U-S-E. Um, Love it. But I loved it because it was, he, he does that occasionally. There'll be nights, uh, and last night was one of them when I came home from, from the ICU late. Uh, when I got into bed, he was right beside my shoulder, and he, I, I just felt like maybe that, you know, we've got someone re- beside us. Um, some people call it spirit. It's God for me. Um, but it's also, you know, sometimes it's your animals. Your animals can feel your energy and feel that spirit. Yeah. And bless his heart, Caesar said, okay, it's time to need on mom's heart. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. yeah, so I love that. And then leaning in and to the leaning into the adversity, not running away from it. Uh, mm-hmm. Because so many times when you're stuck in the grief, you just want to hide under a rock. Absolutely. It's hard to lean into it and try to find something good out of it. Um, It it, it is, Debbie. It certainly is. Thank goodness it's temporary, right? (laughs) Indeed. And when you say act according, you know, what came to my mind uh, is service. Doing service to others always gets you out of your your own brain. Yes. And you did that by, in a big way, going back to the islands. Um, It's interesting. When my first marriage, when, when I was married, you know, when Lou and I got married, 30-something years ago, um, we went to the British Virgin Islands for our honeymoon. Oh, and it's Tortola? the only time I... It, was that... Was it Tortola or... No, we were, we, were, or which one? we were at Little Dick's Bay. Oh, and okay. it was absolutely beautiful. Well, my father, since COVID has hit, you know, we can't travel. So my dad is, has Googled every place that he's ever been in the world. <laughs> and he went back and he actually did Google Earth and saw the islands. And mm. Little Dick's Bay got just blown away. And they're starting to come back. But looking at the islands in general, there are some spots that have been revitalized and many of it has not. So Indeed. Indeed. That's in uh, that I'm I, sure I, you've I, seen that. I, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even, you know, what are we, three years on and, uh, you know, throughout the Caribbean and certainly certainly in the Virgin Islands as well, uh, you, you still see, you know, uh, homes without rules and you, you see remnants, uh, lots of remnants of the, of the storms. And what's tough, though, is that hurricane season doesn't, you know, it keeps coming back year after year. It comes, it comes around every year. So comes there's our year. life, right? You get blown away and then rebuild and then blown away and rebuild. And, and but you rebuild stronger. I heard um, it was interesting. I heard a little story the other day about the wise man builds his house upon a rock. Yes, versus it's, the sand. Versus mm-hmm. the sand. Yeah, and my kids, yeah. you know, there's a little primary song where the kids will sing it and they'll do the, the hand motions. And when you build the house on the sand, and the water comes in and washes it away, and the kids are, you know, washing their their arms are going out and about and washing this stuff away. And when they build it on a rock, they're uh, bumping their wrists, their hands together like they're building it on a rock. That's true, though. That's true about all of us. Um, mm-hmm. And we each go through those sand moments and those rock moments, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So here's a question. You mentioned something about your, your baby Maya dying. Um, I mm-hmm. lost a, a miscarried multiple times. And I, I found that um, once you have a miscarriage or you've lost a baby, 
it's never talked about until it happens. And then everybody comes out of the woodwork. Well, it happened to me, happened to me. But I found that they came and talked to me, but not my husband. And the grief, I think the grief period for a dad is different. So can you kind of, I want to go there a little bit, if you will. How did sure. you, how did you get through your grief at that point? Because usually it's, everything is directed towards the mom. Yeah, yeah. And, and everything is usually directed towards the mom. And, and, and to be honest, Debbie, you know, my wife and I, we didn't, we didn't share that widely. Um, you know, they were close family members that, that, that knew that, you know, obviously <laughs> she was, my wife was pregnant and, and, uh, uh, and we lost the baby, but we didn't, neither of us really went into, into, into great detail, you know, about what happened and, and, and how things happened. And, 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 you know, going further, it, it took a while for even, uh, both of us to, to, to come to grips for that you you as a you know a, a woman yourself you, you know and know know the you know the emotions that and the and the, the turmoil and the tumult that you you can go through um you know in that situation but for for me as the you know as the as the husband and and the father i um it affected me greatly uh debbie it it, it affect in fact it was you know, it, it was the the toughest thing uh, to date that I I, I had I had to deal with. Even even you know looking back on the on all that had happened with my my layoffs and just losing everything and and so forth. That was an emotional toll. But the 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 the, the act of because you know the doctors told us uh, that okay they said we. If the baby is, if the baby is, there's a 50-50 chance that the baby's going to be born alive. Um, and if she is born alive, then uh, she won't live for long. So we were kind of put on notice at, at that point. And I was there, uh, you know, I was, I was right there at, at my wife's side, you know, through, throughout the entire process. And I was in the, in the delivery room uh, when she delivered and, um, you know, there. Let, let me go back to uh, what I said earlier about you know just just um, um, within adversity. You know, there there is always uh, you know buried uh, a, a, a nugget of, of of hope and of of goodness because the the fact that we were given exactly three hours and and six minutes with with Maya, the mm -hmm. fact that she was born alive. Um, was a, a blessing, even even if we even though we lost her shortly thereafter, it was a blessing because what we did uh, was you know just held her in our arms. I I you know how the word says that we're fearfully and wonderfully uh, made, Debbie, and, and 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 it's true. As a father, I looked down on my daughter Maya, and I I, I saw I saw her beauty. I saw her her eyebrows, and and she had fingernails and you know, everything, you know, everything was there. It was just internally, you know, she wasn't, she wasn't fully, fully ready yet. And when we, when she passed, I just broke down. We both broke down. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say I, I bawled my eyes out right, right with my, 
right alongside my wife. Um, we took turns uh, holding her and, and, and rocking her as, um, you know, she slowly slipped away. And that just, that just rocked me to my core. Uh, and it's so much so that it, it was, it's even been, you know, it's only recently that I, you know, I was, I, you know, I started my, uh, my, uh, uh, speaking and, and, uh, training business, uh, where I'm actually, uh, getting out more and, and sharing my stories that I've even, you know, uh, opened up more about this story. Cause this is one of those stories that be, you know, I'd, I'd share, you know, I'd share the, you know, the, the, the complete law story, you know, the, 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 the layoff story and the losing everything story and even the losing my dad and, and the losing of Maya was so, has been such a, a, a sensitive one for me. I'm just now beginning to open up more about that one because that was heavy, Debbie. <laughs> well, I'm really, I'm really glad, I'm really glad that you shared though because I've, I've had this discussion uh, over the years as I th- thought back, um, especially we lost one at 20 weeks, and mm-hmm. the 20 to 21 is where they decide if it, you know, he had passed away in utero, but you deliver or you have um, a DNC. And we still found out it was a little boy. And I, I watched as, as Lou, you know, to process the loss. Yeah, in your mind you're thinking, okay, you know, and, and this has killed me because the doctors came back, back and said, well, you're strong. You can have another one. I'm sitting there going, I don't want you to be telling me right, that right now. Exactly. You know, and, exactly. and Lou couldn't talk about it, but I think it's really important that you as dads bring this up because, you know, I talk about the woman behind the smile and how we all hide behind that smile. Well, this is a case of the man behind the smile. Absolutely. Because you have to be strong for your wife, and then again, but she doesn't, she doesn't want anything to do with you guys right now because the hormones are going nuts, and she's going through her own grieving process. I did. Um, and to try to, to come together as, as a couple with, when nobody tells you that this kind of stuff happens until it happens. Yes. And then you're thrown into it, and you're so uncomfortable with each other that you don't even know how to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I think more more guys, especially, need to hear the dad side. So I give you a lot of a lot of credit and honor that you're speaking up and standing up about this one, because all of us are going to lose a parent at some point, and all of us are going to lose a job at some point, and we we feel that, you know. And it's good yeah. to know that there are other people around. But losing a baby is something that is so sensitive and so um, personal that we can't reach out. You know, I think moms do a better job after the fact because they'll talk about it but i really give you a lot of credit michael for first you know talking about this at this particular time because it makes you so vulnerable and people i think you know as a as a speaker and everything else people want to know that you're real and this makes you a real guy and someone that has bounced back and had his plan now obviously in the middle of that you're not thinking about your plan you know i'm sure you did a lot of prayer Yeah, no, not not thinking about the plan. You just just you know elements of elements of it you know have become automatic. Definitely that I said you know that that P is foundational. So you know uh, prayer prayer was essential. And let me say this too, uh, Debbie, that you know because oftentimes you know skeptics say, well, okay, well you know you you, you say you you know you 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 your wife kind of you know pray pray prayed your 
your eyes out, you know, um, while you were bawling your eyes out, and you, you, you prayed and, and look, you know, and, and look at still the the outcome. And it, and again, it goes back to um, that uh, living in expectancy, knowing that even if you can't understand this tragedy, this loss, even if you can't understand it, um, having the you know the, the faith and the fortitude to uh, to to know that something you know God is up to something good and 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 so you know our story uh, doesn't doesn't end there certainly because unexpectedly even I'm talking about waiting expectation unexpectedly uh, just the, you know a couple of years later uh, you know we got the news that uh, my wife was pregnant again and uh, again with another uh, baby girl and um you know the, the the we we were we were uh needless to say we were uh, concerned you know uh, uh due to our history she was on bed rest for, for much of that pregnancy but happy to report that uh we delivered a, a um, bouncing baby girl um whose name is Malia and she's 5 or 5 and a half <laughs> well, congratulations so, you actually have four daughters is that what i hear yep Total of four. Yep. Boy, you are you are uh, surrounded by women. <laughs> so, I'm, Good luck. I, I, I have a T-shirt that says, you know, outnumbered and outgunned. Uh, <laughs> well, good luck, and, Dad. Uh, How old is the oldest? So the the el the uh, the, the eldest two are um, almost twenty three. Okay. And almost twenty. Actually, almost twenty four. Because my I have a twenty three year old. And a 19-year-old. Okay. And so we're we're a blended family. I raised them from the time they were four and eight, um, but you know I I consider them fully mine. Absolutely. And then I have I have um, Michaela, who is nine, um, and I have little Malia, um, oh. as I mentioned, is five. Wow. Well, congratulations. And you know who would have thought? And when you're looking, I mean. 2020 is hindsight. Of course, we want year 2020 to be behind, be behind us. Um, yes. But to look back and see what happened, and you know, and little Maya, she she needed a body. You know, in the eternal perspective, she needed a body. She came down. She yes. she blessed your life and changed it in a certain way that yes. affected you forever. And forever. and it's a good thing. Forever, yeah, it's forever. a good thing. Uh, in the eternal perspective. So I really, I, I thank you for that. I thank you for the plan. I mean, and I want people to, to re-listen to this because it's practice in prayer and meditation. Lean into adversity and listen for the lesson. And that's the tough part is listen for the lesson. Um, act accordingly and that faith, you know, without works is dead, but act accordingly to what you learned in number two. And then notate. And I love the notate part because you don't know completely my story of the of the relationship scam but for two years after my husband passed away and I got into this online relationship, for two years I kept a journal. And it's the one time in my life that I was consistent with my journal. I had 4,000 pages of journal through that two-year period, which chronicled after the fact when it you know, was divulged that it was a scam. It chronicled the whole history of the whole thing and became kind of evidence, which the FBI couldn't use. But looking back on it, and there are times when I can go back and read part of it, and sometimes when I don't like to, um, but it really, I'm so glad that I did it. I'm so glad that I can look back because it has helped me when I'm working with women now who've gone through the same situation to say, look back at what you were 
thinking then or what you were feeling back then. And, and this is good, but this may not have been effective. Um, but I love it. I'm looking up at my, my bookshelf and I have five printed volumes of those 4,000 pages of journal, which wow. is extraordinary to me. But that is yeah. dead on because writing is so cathartic. It is so purpose-driven. And I, I love how you put that at the very end of the plan. Yeah. So I'm going to, uh, at this point in time, I have uh, my, my counterpart at SCARS, which is the Society of Citizens Against Relationship Scams, Dr. Tim McGinnis. Tim comes into the show. He's listening and uh, is going to come in. And I always love to get his take on our conversation today. Um, so I'm going to bring in Dr. Tim. I'm going to unmute him. Dr. Tim, I'd like you to, um, I would like to introduce you to Michael K. Jackson. Michael, this is Dr. Tim McGinnis. Hi, Dr. Tim. Hello, how Michael. Are you? How are you? Nice. Nice meeting you. Um, I'm in kind of a weird place today because I've gone through a very similar story to yourself. My first child was uh, stillborn at literally the last minute because of a placenta privia. So literally the child died in the last moments of delivery. Um, that was an extraordinary difficult time, and I've never talked about it, but I just wanted you to know that, that I do understand completely where you're coming from on that. And life's journeys change quite profoundly at such moments. They're crossroads. And sometimes you continue on the yellow brick road to the Emerald City, and sometimes you go into the darker places in the universe and don't really come out. Um, and even if you do, those dark places stay with you through life. Mm -hmm. In the work that we do, we deal with a lot of people who have gone through those dark places and they've emerged in the light, but they've remained touched by the experience, in some cases, forever. Uh, in some cases, they do come back completely. We find that the majority of people that we encounter actually don't. Uh, Debbie is our poster child of, of someone who's gone through this process, uh, the valley of the shadow, and come out the other side because she was meaner than everybody else that she encountered to some <laughs> extent. Uh, but... Unfortunately, most people don't. Most people trap themselves in their denials or they trap themselves in their anger and their rage, and rage becomes a purpose in and of itself, and it replaces the purpose of, of living and joy and, um, and recovery that so many people are able to enjoy. They're not. So we find that about two-thirds of the people that we encounter, a um, little over a million people a year through our organization, um, do not recover from these experiences. And I think that's comparable to real life. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've been to St. Thomas many times before the, the double dose that they received, and uh, it's unbelievably tragic. I myself have, have lived through, I think, 16 hurricanes now 
one of one one of which where I literally had to tie myself to a palm tree as the water rose to my waist so that I wouldn't be swept out to sea down in Costa Rica. Wow. Wow. Uh, but these experiences, when you survive them, you know, maybe you can talk a little bit about survivor's guilt um, and, and what you experienced after the fact. You turned, it sounds like, survivor's guilt into a mission, into a purpose. But, and, and that's something that we try to do in our organization with survivors as well, is redirect that guilt into positive activities either for themselves or in helping others. But maybe you can talk before the end of the show uh, for the next few minutes about how you transform the natural guilt that we all feel in the event of a tragedy into positive motivation and, and support and help for, for others around us. Good question. Sure. Yeah, that, the great question, Dr. Tim. I appreciate that. Um, you know, how how I do that is is really just from the 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 place that I come from. And and, and De- Debbie said this word earlier in terms of service. Um, you know, I'm always coming from a point of service. So in my situation, uh, with regards to how I acted or reacted after after the news with, with leading the hurricane um, relief effort. I, I I can't say that that doing something like that came naturally to me because I, I you know I'd never you know I'd never done anything like that before. Um, although, you know, I am uh, very service oriented in terms of wanting to uh, make an impact. Um, and and I think just just I, I have to credit it uh, mostly to um, my faith, Dr. Tim, to be honest with you, because uh, that's foundational for me. So when I thought about, you know, what, what, I, can, what I can do, wanting, wanting to do something, wanting to do something, instead of and, – and don't get me wrong, it, 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 there, were, there were many times um, during my, my morning period where I uh, looked internally – and thought back about, you know, uh, what if we had done this? Or what if we, we, you know, had done that? Or what if this had happened? You know, we can, we can kind of what if ourselves to death. And that uh, keeps us in that denial and in that anger and, and brings us into that rage. Because, I, you know, I have, you know, you know people in my family that, that uh, haven't necessarily – um, you know it, it, that they're still they're still uh, dealing with that survivor's guilt. Um, you know, a, a quick story: a, a friend of the family, we, you know, a friend of a family, a family. Um, you know, she's like family to us. Uh, she's still suffers a lot of survivor's guilt because um, she actually came to my dad's house. Uh, he he stayed with her a, a couple of days during the first hurricane. He went back home, and she came and and tried to convince him uh, to come back with her uh, before Maria hit. And 
uh, he did. He was like, you know, I, I'm, I, you know, I can, I can, I can write it out. I'll be all right. And you know, just imagine the the, the guilt that you know she felt and and oftentimes still feel uh, with regards to that. And I I know that here's here's how I would answer that question, Duke. And I, I know I might sound like I'm I'm rambling a bit, but to me, ultimately, it, it really comes from a from a, a faith place, knowing that um, one of my favorite uh, scriptures is all things work together for the good for the good of those who love God, who according who are called according to His purpose. Uh, you know, knowing coming from a faith place, knowing faith place, knowing that uh, no matter what happens, uh, it's ultimately all for the good, even if it's painful, even if it, the weight of it feels crushing, I know that I know that I know that some, something is going to come of this. And oftentimes we can't see it immediately. Sometimes we never get an explanation. Sometimes we do. Uh, but that's what keeps me going, Dr. Tim. And, and, and that's, um, you know, that's what helps me stay, uh, you know, purpose-driven and, and mission-oriented in that um, all, circ- all, all circumstances are, are, are temporary, whether, whether good or bad, and uh, no matter what, God is up to something good. Well, and Tim, I want to uh, let you know that, that Michael is also an Air Force veteran. So Tim's a Navy veteran, and we kind of jab each other a little okay. bit. But thank I, you for your service to the Air Force, and uh, true to my blue Dr. heart Tim, here. Just, just to let you know, I'm, I come from a long line of Navy guys. My dad, speaking of my dad, was, was Navy, and, and, you know, a couple of my uncles retired Navy, cousin of mine, Navy. A lot of Navy fan, uh, not a, a lot of Navy in my family, and in fact, it was my dad who convinced me to um, go into Air Force when I when I came to him and I said, "Daddy, I'm, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about joining the military." I was in the middle. I was in my I think second year of university at the time, and he said, "Boy, if you if you um if you're thinking about going to the military, I I suggest you go Air Force um, <laughs> because I wanted to I wanted to finish my my uh, my college and and so forth." He said, "If you don't want to spend six months." Uh, your life at, at the at, at the time, you know, um, out at sea, going to Air Force, and that's what I did. <laughs> yeah, well, I have a family full of military, and uh, last Sunday, as I was putting up my Christmas tree, I was watching the Army-Navy game, and I have a son who went to Annapolis, and then I have a son who's you know, active duty in the Army, and the house is split. But on that particular day, it's go Navy, beat Army, and Navy did played a dismal game. <laughs> so after the fact, like, okay, we're all brothers in arms now, and we're all family, and so, you know, the game's over until next year. Go Navy beat Army. Uh, but, you know, I even root for Navy over the Air Force in that game, which is really funny, but, you know, uh, thank you for your service. And that leads into service, Michael, and it's service to others and putting yourself first, or putting them first before you. Um, and so I want to really thank you for, you know, showing people how to build back stronger from adversity because we're all going to have adversity in our lives at one point or the other. And if we're in a nice period right now, it's out there, it's going to come. But if you're prepared and you're just, and you know it's going to come and you know you can learn something from it, then it, the outcome is not always as bad as what you think it 
might be. So thank you so much for that. Thank you, Tim, for, for coming on to our show. Um, Michael, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, the best best way to get a hold of me is in my website at uh, michaelkjackson.com. And um, from there you can, you know, I, I have my uh, uh, social media icons. You can link to me on, on uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, from, from there, I'm, I'm MK Jackson INTL on Facebook and Instagram. I'm Michael K. Jackson on, on uh, LinkedIn. And, but the easiest way to do, is, do it is just to go to my website, michaelkjackson.com, and you can link, link with me from there. You're also a co-author of an Amazon bestseller, Speaking My Truth, 50 Real Stories That Inspire, Empower, Heal, and Transform. Your story is in that yeah. book? My story is in that book. I co-authored that book with a number of different authors. And um, what I did there was, uh, you, you can, if you want more information on, on my plan, Resilience Building Blueprint, um, the, you know, the, the framework and the outline of the plan is, is, can be found in that book. I'm actually working on my uh, solo uh, book uh, that will go into more detail uh, you know, about how you can implement plan in your life or uh, whether in your personal life or in your business life as well. So look out for that coming in 2021. Perfect. Again, notate, notate, notate. Write it down, put yeah. it out there, change your mindset. And it's always helpful because, you know, this is going to start the dialogue, this show particularly, for dads that have been through some sort of trauma. And uh, I thank you for being so open and vulnerable. Thank you, Dr. Tim, for sharing your story. And... Um, we're out here just to stand up and speak up and let people know that life happens, but let's make it happen for the good. So thanks, and take care up there in Maryland. Be safe, be healthy. Yes, thank you so much, Debbie, for having me. Thank you, Dr. Tim, for coming on. I appreciate you sharing, and um, be strong and be well, everyone. Okay, so we're going to close this off today. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Stand Up and Speak Up. We are dedicated to encouraging you to remove the mask of embarrassment and to being your best self. If you are the victim of a scam or cybercrime, please visit againstscams.org for assistance and guidance about options and recovery. SCARS is an incorporated nonprofit crime victims assistance organization based here in Miami, supporting scam victims worldwide. If you can, please make a small donation to help those victims around the world receive the help they need. And this episode has been sponsored by BenfoComplete.com, a vitamin supplement company that supports happy and healthy hands and feet for those with neuropathy. If you or anyone you know struggles with the pins and needles or numbness in their hands and feet, check out our Benfo TMN products at benfocomplete.com and use the code STANDUP for 5% discount on your purchase. Thanks everybody again for being here. I'm off to the hospital now to go visit my dad because we're honoring our fathers through our work and through our hardships. Please go to my website, thewomanbehindthesmile.com, for additional information and resources, and have a wonderful day as we get ready for the holidays. Be safe, be healthy, be hearty. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.